0: Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from God our Father, from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our youngest child, Olivia, she is only one, uh, but even now as a one-year-old I can see how my different parenting style has affected her compared to our oldest Eli. How her personality and her behavior is different based on, on how our parenting has changed. Uh, our oldest Eli, he's nine, and when he was a, a young child of, of one year old, uh, if he wanted something, if he wanted our attention, he got it immediately. He'd say, Dad, Dad, and right there would be right there to say, what do you need? What are you asking for? What, what's the problem? Uh, our youngest Olivia does not uh, have that same benefit in life. Uh, we have three other kids that we are, are distracted by, we're unpacking boxes, we're getting everything ready, and so it's, it's very common to walk in our house and hear Olivia saying, Dad, 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 and yet we're still focused on on the thing in front of us. It takes a lot for her to get our attention, Uh, and so she has shifted tactics. Uh, She's she's wise. She knows uh, how to get our attention, and so she's come up with a new strategy. Uh, Now, if she's not getting my attention, she says, dad, 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 Ben, she calls me by my first name, and to hear my daughter, my one-year-old daughter, call me by my first name is shocking enough. So anything that I'm doing, I'm not distracted by it anymore. I say, what? What? What is happening? Why is my daughter calling me by my first name? And so I realize that I'm inadvertently training her to do this because when she calls me by my first name, she gets what she's after. She gets my attention. Uh, this is kind of what we're talking about uh, in our sermon today, from our text. We're talking about being persistent and bold as we go before our Heavenly Father in prayer. Uh, in our gospel text, you heard that, that Jesus teaches his disciples the Lord's Prayer. But then that Lord's Prayer, as he's teaching them how to pray, is coupled with this, this parable, uh, a strange story of not having enough food and then bugging your neighbor in the middle of the night. And with these two teachings— Jesus gives us this awesome lesson in how God wants us to pray. And the heart of this text is that God, Jesus is teaching us to always pray while recognizing the reality of the relationship that, that Jesus has forged between us and God. He wants us to always pray knowing that, that our sins have been forgiven, that that relationship has been healed, that we've been reconciled with God our Heavenly Father. And in light of that, that healed relationship, Jesus is saying, pray boldly. So let's talk first about this, this parable that we read about. And, and obviously there are differences in, in societal norms between when Jesus is speaking this parable and today. But there's still a lot of applications, and, and the overall uh, message is the same. Uh, so let's apply it to, to today. Uh, so in this parable, Jesus says that this person uh, comes, a friend comes to your house in the middle of the night, uh, so imagine that you have somebody traveling from far away. They, they show up at your home in the middle of the night. They've been driving all day. They say, uh, we were driving all night. We we're trying to get here. We didn't have, have any food. Uh, can we have some of yours? And you look around and you realize you have zero food, not a, a morsel to eat in the entire home. So you say, I'll, I'll get you something. And you go to your next door neighbor. It's the middle of the night and you're pounding on their door. Hey, my friend is here. Can I have some snacks? I need to share some, some snacks with them. I need some food. Uh, and in this parable, Jesus is, is not painting this neighbor as a super friendly person, right? They, they, they're saying, no, I, I'm not going to give it to you. We're already in bed. This is ridiculous. Why are you asking me for snacks in the middle of the night? What's happening? Uh, but Jesus is saying that that person will give you snacks just because he, you're so persistent and so obnoxious. They're so annoyed with you and they want to get to sleep. So they say, fine, here's some food. Just leave us alone. And it's ridiculous, right? It seems totally absurd. It's wild when we think about these two teachings right next to each other when Jesus is teaching us about prayer. Because first we have the Lord's Prayer, right? And we know that the Lord's Prayer is a super reverent thing even today. We pray it in a very reverent way, which is awesome and and good and right. Uh, We don't use this translation that we just read uh, from the EHV. When we pray the Lord's Prayer in, in any situation, we still use the King James translation, of the Lord's Prayer, with the thighs and the, the hallowed's, uh, all of it. And when we do it, even from a young age, we're taught, when you pray the Lord's Prayer, fold your hands, bow your head, keep your eyes closed. It's, it's reverent. It's using this our archaic language that we recognize as something, something different from what we normally do. And right alongside that, you have this, this parable, which seems like Jesus is saying, bug God until he gives in. Be so annoying that he can't say No. So what is the true lesson that Jesus is teaching here? What, what is the point of these two teachings right next to each other? Uh, both of these things, Jesus uses to teach us to pray boldly. And it's not just the parable that teaches us to pray boldly. It's the Lord's Prayer, too, that teaches us to pray boldly. Now, we pray the Lord's Prayer a lot. Right? multiple times a day for many of us uh, in public settings in every single worship service we pray it so much we know it so well that uh, it, it's, a, it's a constant temptation to just recite it right? to not pray it but just to let the words fall out of our mouth without really thinking about it Uh, It's a temptation to fight against that and to really think about the fact that that we are praying to God. And since we're using this archaic language that we don't really use in any other situation in our life except for our our hymnody, uh, we often forget what we're actually praying for, what we are actually saying as we are praying the Lord's Prayer. But we need to remember that this prayer that Jesus teaches us is a bold prayer. And we don't think about it, like, in, in those terms very often, like that. We, we, we consider it to be reverent, but it is a bold prayer. Think about all the verbs that we use as we are praying the Lord's Prayer. Uh, they're imperative verbs, which means an imperative verb is, is a command, right? So when we pray the Lord's Prayer, we say, Lord, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, on, thy, king, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? Be is an imperative verb. We're saying, Lord, make this happen. Lord, make your name be holy. Lord, make your name, make your will be done here on earth in this place that's infected by sin in the same way as in an environment that's free from sin. Lord, we pray, give us today our daily bread. We don't step back and say, Lord, I I know you're busy. I know that there are people who need more than me. I know that I've received a lot of blessings in life, that I'm not worthy of them, that that you have a lot of cares and concerns with everyone else in the entire world, but if you could find it in your heart to to give me what I need for today, I would sure appreciate it. When Jesus says, pray like this, Lord, give me what I need for today. Lord, give me today what I need to support my body and life. That's bold. Forgive us our trespasses. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us, Lord, from evil. These aren't requests to God, right? These are are, our commands. These are imperative verbs. Are you bold enough to go before the creator of of the entire universe, right? The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, and to to use imperative verbs with him. to, To tell him to do things. Not a chance. Right? Normally, if we had had come up with our own prayers, we would never pray a prayer as bold as this unless Jesus said, you should pray in this way. You should pray boldly. And the key to understanding what Jesus is teaching us when it comes to prayer, with the spirit to pray with, it all comes down to understanding the relationship that we have with God through Jesus. That's the key to this entire thing, to understanding how to pray the way that God wants us to pray. And that's why the Lord's Prayer starts the way that it does. Jesus says the most important thing, the thing to start out with, is recognizing that relationship with our Father. Don't gloss over that as you pray the Lord's Prayer. Remember what that means, how important it is to be able to address God as our Father. Uh, in, In the small catechism, maybe you remember this from confirmation class, uh, Luther's explanation of what those two words mean. The explanation of the address, the introduction, is, is beautiful. He says this, explaining what that means. God would hereby tenderly invite us to believe that He is our true Father, that we are His true children, so that we may ask Him with all boldness and confidence as children ask their dear Father. The only possible way that that we, as people who understand our sinful nature, who understand how far we've fallen short of God's law and His commands, the only possible way we could pray with this boldness is by understanding our relationship with God is that of child and father. And that that relationship was not earned, was not uh, by our own merit or what we have done, but that relationship was created because of what Jesus has done for us. And in fact, as, as God's children, we know that's exactly why Jesus came. God looked at us and he saw the, the sin in his people and he knew that he cannot be in the presence of sin. He is a righteous God, cannot be in the presence of sin. And so he couldn't be with his people. And he said, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm going to display the greatest act of love in the history of all the world. And said, my one and only son, to heal this relationship that's why Jesus came, to, to reconcile this relationship between us and God. John, in his gospel, he talks about this. He's talking about Jesus when he says this, Jesus came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So it's because of of Jesus. Because he lived perfectly for us, because he died innocently on the cross, because he rose in victory on Easter morning. It's because of him. The faith that we are given, that gift of faith, it's because of all of that that we are God's children. We, through that gift of faith, have been made into his people. Our, Our nature, our natural relationship with God was that of his enemies, right? We were enemies of God. But now we are heirs of the kingdom of Christ. And as his people, we are taught here that we don't just have the privilege, but we have the right, think about this, to close your eyes at any time of the day, to direct your your heart and your mind to to your heavenly Father. And in a moment, you have an audience with God. Right? You you are are being listened to by the the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the the creator of everything that we know, that he's listening to to you at any time of the day in, in any situation right? In, in sorrow and sadness and in joy and triumph and thanksgiving you have the ability to, to pray to God, to know that He's hearing you and to pray boldly to our God right? you can go to Him in the, the guilt of your sin and you can you can pour out your, your heart and you can say, Lord, I, I know that I've fallen short. I, I know that what I'm doing is not the stuff that I want to do. I know that I'm weighed down by this, this, these temptations around me, by, by the weakness of my own flesh. But you promised me, Lord. You promised me that you sent Jesus for me. That when he died on the cross, that my sins were paid for by his death. And so even in my sin, forgive me. Even in my sin, restore unto me the, the, the joy of my salvation. Remind me that I am your child. In those seasons of life where it just seems like, like problem after problem are piling on top of each other, where there's, there's, there's hardship and difficulty around every corner, you can go to Him and you can be honest with Him. You can say, Lord, I'm struggling. This is so hard for me. Everything is difficult. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like anything is going my way and I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time. But Lord, you promised me that you're going to be with me. That every single day of my life that you're going to walk with me. That you will not forsake me as your child. That, that you will be with me even to the very end of the age. You promised me that you're going to give me what I need to endure this hardship. To walk through this trial in faith. And that through this, you will bless me. Lord, lift me up and bless me through this difficulty. Jesus is teaching us, go to God and, and speak to him. Understanding your relationship with him is that of, of a loving father, that you are his child. God, as our loving father, wants to give us good things. Jesus says, ask him for them. Right? The point of this parable, the point of, of the teachings after the Lord's Prayer are not be so annoying that God gives into you. Right? You cannot annoy God with your petitions. He wants you to pray to him. You can't bug him enough to just, okay, fine, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll do it. Right? The point is that persistence and boldness works on people who have sinful hearts. Right? That, that evil neighbor who's not very friendly gave in because of persistence. It worked on him. For kids asking for good stuff from their parents, it works on them even though we have sinful natures, even though we don't always make the right decision and sometimes we do things because we're selfish. And if it works on people like us, think about how much more it's going to work on God, our Heavenly Father, who only thinks about us, who only loves us, who only wants to give us these awesome, awesome blessings. This illustration of us being children and God being our Father is such a good picture for prayer. Right? Because we know that, that as we pray, we can pray for whatever we want. Anything. Anything but that God was always going to give us what we need. And that those things don't always line up. What we want and what God knows is good for us don't always line up. And so understanding that we are God's children, that He is our Father, it's a good illustration because oftentimes kids ask for stuff that's not good for them, right? My children do this all the time. And let's use the illustration in our text. So say a young child goes to their father and they they say, Mom and Dad, I, I want a snake. I want a pet snake, a venomous snake. Think how cool that would be as a pet, right? And they they have the whole plan worked out and the mom and dad can see this and they know their child and they say, they are not responsible enough for this. It's going to injure them. This is going to be a disaster. And so they say, no, we're not going to give you a a, a snake. Instead, let's start you out with something easier. Let's start out with a fish, right? Something something for you to practice on and and get used to. And the the kid, you know what they're going to say. Why are mom and dad so mean? They don't get it. I could do it. I know that I could handle this responsibility. A venomous snake would be so cool. I would love to have it in my room. God knows what's good for us. And even as, as full-grown adults, we think we know. Right? We think we know what would be a blessing to us, what would lead to, to happiness and joy. But in humility, we need to remember that it's God who actually knows. Right? And that He loves us enough to, in our prayers, when we pray for things that are bad for us, He loves us enough to say no. No. To say, this blessing is not for you. This blessing would not lead you to a closer relationship with me. It would lead you away from me. This blessing would would lead to temptation, would lead to to, to trouble in your life, more trouble than than a blessing. So in humility and faith, we pray that that God would give us only those things that would lead us to a stronger faith, that would shape us and mold us into being the people that he needs us to be, to fit the roles that he has designed for us, to serve the people that he has put into our lives. God does not always answer prayer the, the way that we think. And oftentimes he answers it in, in a better way than what we could ask. And our Old Testament lesson for today is the, the perfect example of that. right? Look at, look at Abraham as he's before God and he's praying for Sodom and he says, 50 people, 50 righteous people, you're going to kill them? You're going to kill your own people because there's a bunch of, of evil people there too? You promised that you're going to take care of your, your faithful, righteous people and now you're going to go against your, your word? That's bold, isn't it? God says, no, not for 50. Okay, what if I'm five off, Lord? If I'm five off and there's 45, you're really going to do that? No. So Abraham basically haggles with God all the way down to 10 people. He says, if there's 10 righteous people, are you, are you going to destroy the city? God says, no, I will not destroy the city. Did God give Abraham what he asked for? Right, Abraham is asking God to spare the city. Did God give him what he asked for? At face value, we'd say no, right? Sodom and Gomorrah were destroyed. The, the, the sulfur, the fire came down from heaven, completely destroyed those cities. The entire valley, they had a, they, they completely demolished the entire area. But when Abraham's making this, this request to God with his mouth, what God is doing is he's looking at Abraham's heart, right? He's not just listening to what he's saying. He knows what Abraham's truly worried about, what he truly needs, Abraham's worried about his nephew Lot, right? His nephew Lot, somebody that he cares about a lot, lived in those cities. He lived there, right? And so he's saying, Lord, I want my my nephew Lot and his family to be saved, his wife and his his two daughters. I want them to be protected. So God stays true to to their agreement. He says, there's not 10 righteous people. There are fewer than that. There are some, but not 10. And so I'm going to destroy the city. And by all accounts, in all fairness, he could have destroyed Lot and his family too. But God saw the desire of Abraham's heart, and he sent angels to deliver Lot and his family away from that city, to give them a chance to live. So oftentimes as we pray, the way that God answers doesn't make a lot of sense to us. Right? And sometimes he gives us more blessing than we think that we deserve. We say, Lord, why are you giving me all this? Lord, why, why is everything going so well? And at other times we think, Lord, are you, are you hearing me? Are, are you hearing my, my, my prayers? Can you, are you listening to what I need? Because it's not according to our planning what we think is best or, or according to our timing when we think that we need those blessings. But again, this picture of, of him being our father and us being his children helps us to keep praying in faith anyway. Because another important thing to remember in prayer is not just boldness, but to pray in bold humility. Remembering who we are and who God is. Right, remembering that he is so far above us, that his knowledge and his wisdom is so much greater than anything we could even comprehend, and that he can see down the road. Right? He can see if, if, if he grants this blessing that we are asking, how it's going to affect us, how it's going to affect the people around us. So in humility, pray for what you think is best. Right? Pray for, for bold things. Say, Lord, I would like a promotion. I would like a promotion that comes with a huge pay raise. With a, with a ton of money because I believe that I could be a blessing to other people with, this ble- with those blessings that you've given me. I would love to support the, the ministries that I'm involved with in my community, in your church. I would love to support the preaching and teaching of your word. I would love to help people in need. Lord, give me, give me that big raise and I will use it to be a blessing to other people. But in those bold prayers, also recognize our limitations and recognize that, that God knows best. So pray for those things and then understand and say, Lord, if that's not true, if that that huge pay raise is not going to be a blessing to me, if this increase in money is a temptation to me and one that I can't handle, one that I can't bear, if this leads me away from you, don't give it to me. Lord, your will be done. Do what is best for me because I know and trust that you always do because you've promised me that that's the case. In faith, we pray, recognizing the reality of the relationship that Jesus forged by his life and his death. So these are the things to remember when you pray. Right? Remember that, that God is your Heavenly Father who loves you, who loves you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you. Right? That's, that's who he is. That's who you're talking to. Remember that, that he knows you. That he knows you better than you know yourself. That he knows the desires of your hearts. He knows the things that are are troubling you and weighing you down. He knows the things that you're worried about. He knows all of that. Know that he hears you every single time. He's never too busy. There's never too much going on in the world. He's never somewhere else focusing on other people. He's our omnipotent, all-powerful God who's there for you every single time your heart, your thoughts are directed to your Heavenly Father. And remember how powerful he is. That he can do what you are asking him to do. That he will use that power, that omnipotence, that that knowing of of all things to bless you. To give you those things that are good for you spiritually. To say no to you when those things are not going to be good for you. To grant you more than you could possibly think or ask. Remember that it's him, our God, who is shaping the events of our lives. Who's shaping the events of our world according to his perfect plan, and his perfect purpose. So knowing all of this, pray boldly. Right? Pray boldly to your God and pray often for anything and for everything. Pour out your heart to your God who is ready and waiting to listen to what you have to say. And pray, knowing that because of Jesus, you get to start with those two awesome words. Our Father. Amen. Please rise to the blessing. The peace which surpasses all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.